We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roto-Rider DFS Podcast NBA Edition for Thursday. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we cover the Thursday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me everywhere on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. The RotoWire DFS Podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, how was the first day of NBA DFS for you? Um, little too much Anthony Davis. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, with you. Uh, I I did. I went about. I think I cashed about thirty five to forty percent of my head to heads. So the first day was a negative, but it's a long season, um, and we should be good to go. So, you know, hopefully it'll get better as we move on. It can't get any worse. Let's say that. Yeah, well, just, actually, I guess it could. So yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I mean, based on his performance last year, he should be about like 5K today on FanDuel if they adjust the prices properly. So let's hope for that. <laughs> let's, let's hope we get a uh, a big uh, discount, but we probably won't. Um, but anyway, I don't think that – here's the other thing too. Anybody who played Anthony Davis in DFS, it's not like he did the wrong thing or whatever. He just had terrible shot selection, needs to shop, stop shooting like Tracy McGrady mm-hmm. and um, you know do what he normally does, which is dominate inside and then you know, play inside-outside. 
You're not. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually glad you said that because watching that game yesterday, it was driving me nuts. Yeah. I don't mind him getting the ball on the outside and trying to make a move and get to the basket. Right. But he was like, he's fallen in love with the fact that he can has worked on his jump shot. Yeah. Like he was taking shots that Steph Curry doesn't take. Like you know, pump fake one dribble fallaways from 15 right. feet away, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no, it looked terrible. You know, Oh, it was it was tilting to watch. Four of twenty shooting, like. Here's yeah. the yeah. Here's the other thing too. Like, I don't care if you take an outside shot if you're Anthony Davis. Take an open one. You know, yeah. that's like like you don't need to hand with the with the face of the defender every single time. Really, really, really. So we used to, yeah. we used to call him hero shots. He was taking yeah. hero shots yesterday. Yeah, like, I you was know. like. Trying to get on Sports Center, right? You can make those drop on 2K, but you're not. I don't know if you're going to make those drop in like real live NBA right now. That's no. so. We'll, we'll move on from that, and we're going to go ahead. Let's go ahead and just dive right in here, Benny, uh, to the point guard position for the Thursday slate. Another small slate once again, with everybody uh, getting all their games in on Wednesday and people playing back to back for Tuesday, Wednesday. So small slate overall here. Um, what's your just initial take at the point guard position? Um, well, let's, let me go through this first because I think that on a small slate, this is something that's really important. Um, you guys know I always talk about game selection. I think being smart with where you pick your players from is one of the biggest things that you have to learn how to do in, uh, NBA DFS. You have the Memphis Indiana game has a, a spread, a total of 185 with a spread of two. So the game is expected to be close, but it's expected to be low scoring. You have the Atlanta-New York game is 196 with a spread of 5. So, again, a little bit higher scoring, expected to be kind of close. The Clippers-Dallas game is a 211 total, so that would be something that should pique your interest. But the spread on this game has moved already from 8 points to 11 points and seems to be going up. And the reason why I say that before I start is Chris Paul is obviously and far and away the most talented point guard that is going on this slate. But... I don't know if he's a guy who I really want to use because I kind of have a feeling that the Clippers are going to blow out Dallas in this game. So that kind of leaves me off of them. Darren Williams on the other side of the game, same thing. There's a chance he could be on the bench late in the game. And frankly, he hasn't done a whole lot lately. And looking at this Dallas roster, it is just, it's bad. Like the team that they're going to throw out there is not a, is not a team that I would expect to compete in the NBA this year. So I think they're going to have a rough season. Now, the point of all that is that kind of leaves us with Atlanta and New York, Memphis and Indiana. Now, normally I would like a guy like George Hill, who is somebody who I probably play more than most. I thought he had a very good end of last season when he came back from being injured. He did. But I, I don't like playing guys against Mike Conley or against anybody on Memphis. Like Memphis is one of those teams that if you're playing daily fantasy, you learn real fast. You don't want to take a lot of players yeah. against Memphis. They play that slow pace. They play a very good style of defense. You know, the other team's offensive efficiency against them is never very good. So, really, you're basically down to the Atlanta-New York game. Now, if you watched the Atlanta game last night, who was the best point guard on the floor for Atlanta? To me, it was Schroeder when he was in there. I thought he actually outplayed Teague. He did. I I just, you know what, I just did a show with uh, DJ Trainer for season long saying they should trade Jeff Teague this season. Is, that's how how much they could upgrade the rest of their roster, and you know find a, like a legitimate three to replace. Yeah, you know, a small forward. Demar- yeah, yeah, decent small forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Besides the whole Kent Bazemore, Tabo Cephalosha experience that's happening right now, Shooter's legit, and you shouldn't let him go. And Teague is valuable, and but Shooter would start for I think like over like maybe half the league right now um, because I I believe in I call him Juice. 
he looks like Juice, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, a Juice, uh, Juice Junior. I don't know if you want to call OJ Mayo Juice still, but to me, Juice Part Deux is legit, and he deserves to start. And now they have a backlog, and, they, and there was some mention of them going, you know, two point guard set there as well. I just think that's a bad setup defensively overall with Teague, Schroeder, and Kyle Korver as your, you know, back end. Yeah, uh, it's, as much as you would like that in terms of offensive output, I think you're just going to get burned right back on the other side on the defensive end. So yeah. it would be better off trying to improve your small forward position, or you know, do what you can to you know help Kyle Korver out defensively because he is. That's why they have Seth Losha because he's a liability. But you you can do better if you trade T. So I don't know. That's a conversation for a different show. But um, yeah, moving forward, Schroeder. Yes, I I I definitely like him for DFS, and he's the, the price is right for me. Yeah, and that, I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, those are the those are the options that we have here. So, I th- I don't think I'm gonna wind up paying up for Chris Paul in this matchup. And Chris Paul too. I mean, this is something that I kind of noticed last year. I, I wonder if you had kind of seen the same thing. When you put Chris Paul in a game that matters, where it's supposed to be close and his team needs him, that's the games that he puts up 25 and 15. You know, if you put him in a game like this one where they should be, you know, winning and running it out. I kind of feel like, you know, and again, this is what makes him a great point guard is he realizes that this isn't the game that my team needs me. Let me let everybody else get their shots and get their taste. Like he, he'll sacrifice his own personal game for everybody else in that situation, which is actually what you want out of a point guard. You know, that's, that's a good thing. But for daily fantasy, I feel like it hurts them when they're in games where they just like wind up, you know, blowing people out. I feel like he kind of almost puts it in cruise control. So. Like I said, even though he's the most talented guy on this slate at the point guard position, he's not somebody that I'm going to have. Yeah, I agree there as well. It's not someone that you need to be really super interested in uh, uh, overall. It's a uh, it's a it's a tough spot to be in because we have so few options there. Um, but you know, w- taking a look at what you're going to have to pay for him in terms of price, I would definitely probably uh, rather just for as a cost per dollar um, sort of go down to Jeff Teague or maybe even Den- Dennis Shooter in, in these spots. But um, Let's talk about these point guard options. So for, for cash games and, and GPP, how do you plan on having it set up? Um, to be honest with you, I'm probably going to wait for the prices to come out, and I'm going to try to go as cheap as possible. There are other positions where there are guys that I think I'm going to be paying up for. Um, and point guard, like I said, I'm not paying the price that they're going to be asking for Paul in this game. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody else is really a, a great value overall. Um if you're going to get, like, Darren Williams at, like, 65000 7000 if you're going to get Teague at 7000 plus, like, mm-hmm. I just can't pay for those guys. So I think I would go to, you know, maybe a guy like like Schrader there. Um, Schroeder. Yeah. Schroeder. Is that how you say it? Schroeder? Uh-huh. Yeah, a guy like Schroeder there and, you know, probably just, just live with whatever he gets me and, you know, try to beat everybody else at the other positions. Yeah, I think you you might be right in the, in the middle of the spot with George Hill or Darren Williams. And if you if you don't feel like you you're you getting enough of a discount on shooter, so I understand not wanting to pay up for Chris Ball. There's some other you know big time uh, options and some other positions there. Now you know what is an absolute wasteland on Thursday? It's shooting guard. It doesn't look good at all. I, yeah, I got to be honest with you. I have one name down on the list of somebody that I want to use, and only because I think his price is going to be cheap based on what his price is today, okay. and that's Wes Matthews for Dallas. That's yeah. You know what though? I don't know if. Uh, like you can actually just even like trust him overall with it. I mean, we don't, is he even going to play? I mean, it's like, it's, it's a ugly situation there. Like I actually, you know, would probably 
I think you're going to get enough of a price on Monte Ellis if you just sort of reference back to what he cost uh, like last season. Um, and I, I think you can do okay um, in those spots in terms of affordability for those teams. What I'm going to do is I'm trying to pull up the, the current price on – you know what uh, Monte Ellis is today, my chance? Uh, you know what? Hold on. I can call it up right, right this, here. I'm that's the actual to... point of reference that we need. So um, – because the, the price to, the price today will be similar for what we'll need on Thursday, and I think that's that's where I'm going to be. You, He's at seven thousand dollars. Yeah, that's see, that's super reasonable. You're not paying too much. You you have a consistent level of production. And I think he has a safe floor. It's going to be him and Paul George are the two men primary mm-hmm. options, and Monte Ellis is enough of a ball hog to make sure that you don't get burned in terms of cost overall. And what do you need out, off of seven k? What um, what thirty uh, thirty probably thirty five yeah, points? Thirty five thirty five. For cash games, probably forty to be close to winning a tournament. Yeah, so eighteen points, eighteen to twenty points. Um, you know, five assists, a chip and a steal, and, and you know, four or five rebounds or so, and then he pays off the tag. And you know, if eighteen points is like the floor in terms of scoring, and you know that he can get up into the twenty-five, thirty range if he gets hot or ball hogs or you know one or one of the two that ends up happening, then there's some upside there. So I'm fine with uh, Monte Ellis in those spots, but the rest is sort of a wasteland. You you know, you have to decide if you really want to be in on. Uh, JJ Redick or Kyle Korver, it's Courtney Lee. None of those guys are really interesting. I'm just, I'm probably just going to play chalk with Monte and and move forward. Um, now let's just go ahead and take a look at small forward here, Benny. Now you've got um, some some better options uh, overall for for the Thursday slate. How do you see this end up shaking up? Um, well, I'm going to be honest. This is one of the spots where I'm paying up. <clears throat> and I'm looking at Carmelo Anthony in this spot. Mm-hmm. Not because I love Melo overall, but I know he's going to get an incredible amount of volume. I know he's going to put up an absolute ton of shots, and I know he's going to play a lot of minutes in this game. So I think on a small slate, I'm okay looking a little bit less for the best value at every spot and kind of taking that the guys who I feel are going to be the highest scoring on the slate because it's tough to make up, even if you pay up for a guy like Melo, and that means that you have to pay down at some of the other positions. Um, if he goes off for 50, it's tough to make up for not having that guy in your roster. For people who played on opening night, if you didn't have, <clears throat> excuse me, if you didn't have Steph Curry last night, how did that end up for you? you not know? good. Yeah. If you didn't have Steph Curry, you probably lost. So <clears throat> yes. that's just how, what it comes down to on those short slates. You have to have the best player. Um, of the day on slates like Thursday, you have to nail that spot. If you don't nail that spot, um, and usually you ha- you get you get forced into a decision between um, Brow and and Curry, and I had Brow, so I'm with you there. Um, you know, and the, I, I sort of sort of, I don't know for whatever reason bought into like the you know ring ceremony hangover. I don't even know if that's a real thing or not, but it wasn't real for Steph Curry yesterday. Um, some interesting options for for me just taking a look at Wednesday price points. Rudy Gay for seventy seven hundred. If that price carries over to Thursday, um, that will be an interesting play uh, f- uh, for me uh, in terms of uh, potential options there as well. Kawhi Leonard for seventy four hundred. I just still feel like that's too cheap for me personally. So I think. Wait, we talking Thursday slate? I'm, what games do you What games do you have for Thursday? You know what? I'm a, am I looking at the Wednesday slate? I think you are, because I only have Dallas and the Clippers, Memphis and the Pacers, and Atlanta and New York. But you I know, like a lot of the options. You know what I did? Like, how did I miss this guy? <laughs> I, I tricked myself, because what I did was I selected the date, and then I didn't press update. So uh, so it's, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at 1029. Oh, yeah, so you really have Carmelo and Paul George. Um, yeah. In, in those two spots, and then there's not a whole lot else that you can definitely be excited about. But Paul George for 8K, I'm, I'm interested in that. I, I think that he can pay off that price tag there as well. Everybody else, too, um, we're in the wasteland. 
Oh, uh, once again, I don't think I can touch anybody on the spot. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even touch Jeff Green for you know Jeff Green and Tony Allen. Those guys are like can beat the price tag, but also can just throw up a complete dud. So and I mean, again, based on the teams that are playing here, you know Chandler Parsons is hurt, so you got like Jeremy Evans on Dallas is your option yeah. if you want to go small forward there. I like Evans um, as a talent. I don't know if he'll have enough of a role. You know, I mean, he could honestly he could pay off his salary because I didn't look but he's probably near mid price and he should be getting minutes now with with no Parsons um the Clippers small forward situation you got Pierce you got Josh Smith you got like five old guys that they're running out there for like 15 minutes each a game so I don't know if there's anything there that I love for fantasy and then um by the way Jeremy Evans minimum salary for Wednesday by the way so that's that that's a if you're looking for a punt option there he might be that guy he's the best punt option I'm with you there yeah um, and then you, you got the Knicks in Atlanta, and, you know, like we said, we talked about Melo already. And then Atlanta is doing the same thing where they're rotating, you know, Tabo Cephalosha and Bazemore, who's not even listed as a small forward on most sites anyway. So yeah, You have to use them at the two, which is, like, yeah. less attractive for sure. What do you, th- do you think Carmelo Anthony is 90% owned on uh, on Fandle on this three-game Yeah, slate? super chalk. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but, you know, that's the other thing, too, is, like, what do you do in a cash game? Do you fade them? I don't think you can, personally. Not in cash, no. Yeah. yeah, in cash, I think you have to. In a tournament, I guess you can go George and maybe, like, in a, like a, I guess if you wanted to go, like, an Evans as a cheap option to try to spend up somewhere else to be different. But Blake Griffin, that's why, I, it's just, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's tough for me to play these. Short slates. Play no, you don't like them. Slates. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, You know, I'll play cash on a short slate, which most people say is crazy, but chalk is chalk on whatever night. I mean, I can I can spot the chalk and fit it into a lineup with the best of them. But I just, on a, on such a short slate, to me, the difference between winning a tournament and not cashing a tournament often comes down to, like, one, two spots at the most. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. And you know what, though? I, I like, I, for the reason, I've always just had more success because I think I just do a little bit better at pinpointing the options when I give get given too many options it becomes harder for me to name to, to nail down optimal lineups so that's just always mm-hmm. my thing so i like the short slates overall um so um we're going to dive into power forward here we've covered the first three spots overall so we sufficiently cover small forward i think that what was jeremy, yeah i mean jeremy evans is the best everybody. we could do yeah yeah <laughs> i was like oh, Other, uh, just play mellow just make it easy <laughs> play so. mellow or play yeah. paul george I know, I know it's boring and it's chalk but i mean yeah well, well you know what would you would rather us steer you wrong i mean there's I mean, yeah. yeah jeremy evans is your punt play and that wraps up small forward yeah. All right, just want to let you know that if you're star- staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players but not his entire team, but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to, well, now you can with the all-new No Halftime app. For example, you can pit ODB versus Megatron, LeBron versus Melo, Trout versus A-Rod. You can create individual challenges or create individual uh, matchups versus teams. Uh, creating a challenge takes seconds and accepting challenges are even easier. No halftime challenges can be private or public and created for NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college football, college b-ball, and other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and fantasy supremacy awaits you. Visit the NoHalftime.com website for more information and download the No Halftime app for your iPhone and Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code ROTOWIRE at sign up. No halftime with a fantasy sports season never takes a break. So we are back from our break here, Benny, now, and we're going to talk about the bigs, the fours, the, the, the power fours, the guys grabbing those those double-doubles, those um, you know bonus-eligible players that we can some, make some hay here. Um, here on DraftKings and and, uh, and Fandle and all the other DFS sites, what do you like at Power Four? I'm actually looking at two guys right now. 
And surprisingly, at this point in the season, uh, Zach Randolph is actually cheaper um, by a good couple hundred dollars than Paul Millsap. And those are the two guys that I've been looking for. I've been saving, you know, messing around with some of the cheaper guards to be able to have some money to spend up on the bigs. And if I'm playing over on DraftKings, I might even wind up with both of those guys in my roster here. All right. I, I can see that. There's a, a a very strong possibility that um, I, I, could, I could make a case for both. You know what I won't do? I won't be using Dirk, like, anywhere. Like, Mm-mm. almost ever. You know, like, he, I, he's on a minutes cap. And what you're going to see is a price that, like, is reflective of somebody you should consider, but you really shouldn't consider him overall. I know mm-hmm. the, the numbers were fairly decent, but I don't I don't know if I could ever really see a scenario where I would roster D- Derek Davitsky in DFS. Are you with me on this? Like, I would gamble at, on Porzingis, I think. At this at this point in his in his career, no. Yeah. So you could definitely make a case for Zebo. You can make a case for Millsap. Blake Griffin, I think, is top op in chalk. And depending on how you want, want to construct your roster, could be one of the two bigs that you can fit into your roster overall. How are you approaching cash in this spot? Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm doing the same thing. Zebo, Zebo, and Millsap are going to be my cash and my and my tournament options here. My problem with Blake Griffin, and it's actually something that you talked about earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebounding. For yeah. DFS, yeah, for DFS, he's very expensive. And I think he's going to score a bunch of points. He always does that. But what else is he going to give me that's going to get him to that value number that he needs if he's, you know, 8,500 or 9,000 on the day? I don't think he's going to score 50 real-life points. So if he's only going to grab five or six rebounds – you know, maybe he has a block or two, maybe he has an ace deal or two. You know, it's not like he winds up with 10 assists every game. There's nothing else there that's going to get me above that hump for paying a big number for him. I could pay down like, you know, $1,000 or more probably for Millsap and maybe even fifteen to $2,000 less for Zebo. And to me, they're both going to get a whole bunch of stats on top of points. They might not score as many real-life points as Blake Griffin does, but... The other stuff that they do is probably going to give them a bigger fantasy score or at least a closer, you know, close to what he's going to get me. And they're going to do it for cheaper. So for cash, that's definitely the way I'm rolling. And again, in tournaments, I think Blake's going to be high owned. So I'm, I'm comfortable going away from him with those other two guys. Yeah, I can see that there as well. It's, you know, we, like we say, we get tough, we get put into these corners when in short slates. So you're just going to have to make a quick decision there. But you, you know what though? When, I have tiebreakers like this because you you really are sort of in the same area with Griffin and Millsap and and Randolph. I like to use the uh, the tiebreaker as a like the the total uh, that we that we look at here. Mm-hmm. And you know, Memphis is the lowest total on the board, so that can be a knock against Zebo. It can always be a knock against Zebo. But having said that, he's one of the most consistent players. You can always he's like a double double waiting to happen, which is good for DraftKings. So yeah. keep that in the back of your mind. I'm actually. And- you know, this is this is actually why this slate, this particular three-game slate is tough because, mm-hmm. right. like we were talking about at the beginning, the two low-scoring games are the ones that are actually expected to be close. Right. So you could see guys like Zebo or Millsap getting a full 30 to 35 minutes if that's what their average is, whereas there's a chance that that Clippers game could get out of hand with them being, you know, again, they started, they opened as an eight-point favorite. They're up to 11.5 right now. It could wind up being 13 by, by game time. And if they're blowing them out, you might only get, you know, maybe two minutes of a of a Blake Griffin fourth quarter or something like that. So I think what what's the way I'm going to have to construct this is like if you want to go for like the, the top player at par four, it's Blake Griffin, okay? And yes. you're you're going to have to pay ninety three hundred. That's your problem. 
Okay, so if you're taking a look at Zach Randolph at 6,800 for similar value, and I think an actual better bet for a double double um, at you know rebounds per game, he averaged 10.2 last season, and with versus Blake Griffin who's at 7.3, I'm going to mm-hmm. take the discount if it's me. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I would probably approach that overall. It's, it's too much of a salary savings and the and you know a potential for bonus eligibility on DK, for example, trying to me to pass that spot. So I would, and if it was all things considered even in terms of stats, defensive matchup, all those things too, I would let the, like the line be the tiebreaker. And, you know, we've got a much higher total in, in Dallas uh, versus the Clippers. So th- that could be one of the deciding factors for me. Um, but with a co- such a cost saving that you're able to derive in this spot, I'm going Zebo. All right, center position next, Benny. Um, this is where we finally take a look at some of these uh, options, and it becomes like a little bit of a similar situation to where you know there's a couple standouts, or do you want to gamble a little bit? How do you have the shaking out? Okay, well this is actually a tough position here, and you know let me uh, let me kind of go through it so you guys know all your options because really you know we don't have a lot of other things to talk about on the short slate, so. You could look at a guy like Horford, but if you look at his minutes from last night, he's still not getting the minutes that you want to see out of him. You know, he's not going to be playing 35 minutes a game, so you're not going to get the big upside out of a guy like Horford. So he's somebody that I'm not really looking at. Horford, when he's in there, is a very good defensive player, so I'm not really looking at Lopez on the other side of that game for the Knicks either. Okay. Um, the Pacers we had talked about in our, you know, NBA uh, podcast on Monday about how their center position this year is basically, you know, Jan Mahimi, uh-huh. or you're looking at basically like a Jordan Hill coming in as an undersized center. Right. So I absolutely love Marcus Gasol. He's one of the guys that we're going to be talking about. Now, Dallas, if you remember, got rid of Tyson Chandler in the offseason, and Zaza Pachulia, I think, is scheduled to be their starting center, if yes. I'm not mistaken. You're right. Okay? So DeAndre versus Zaza... That could be a mismatch there. I could see DeAndre having like a 15, 17 rebound game with like 11 points or something like that. Yeah. Bounce a couple um, balls which, off which, of Zaza's head. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is what he does, you know, like 18 rebounds, 10 points, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's between DeAndre and, and, uh, Marcus Saul. And even though DeAndre's in a much higher scoring game in this situation, depending on the difference in the price between the two, I think I like Gasol the most out of all these guys. All right, so if you want to use cost as your deciding factor with Wednesday as a reference, we're taking a look at 7,500 for DeAndre Jordan and 8,300 for Marcus Gasol for Wednesday's slate. So is that enough of a, a cost savings down to pay down to DeAndre to sway you? I, I'm gonna say probably not. And if that, if those are the same prices they have on Thursday, mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna be all in on Marcus All in that situation. I, Marcus All to me is a safe option. I, I like Marcus All. Um, the one thing that I love about him is he will not burn you anywhere. He shoots good free throws, so you don't have to worry about him, you know, doinking away points like the way with a, with a hack of DeAndre strategy. Having said that, a lot less of a bet for a double double. Like you have DeAndre Jordan, and you don't get the. I mean, he's decent in block shots, one point six. But DeAndre Jordan can put up like a just like a five spot at the block position any any given day. If he wants to hold a block party, he might have one. So it's an interesting position. I think what it's going to come down to is I think these two guys are close enough for me to have to have the rest of my roster shake out, and then the money available that I have left is going to be my deciding factor. Because you have a really good total. You have a, a plus-plus matchup for DeAndre Jordan and Zaza Pachulia. Uh, he mm-hmm. should make hay in. And, you know, and the bricks could be flying with the lack of, uh, you know, offensive uh, players available for Dallas. Uh, 
here in the spot. High total, fast pace, all those plays into uh, the Clippers, you know, being, um, you know, good fantasy options overall for the Thursday slate. Oh, you know what? One thing we didn't also mention too, Lance Stevenson, uh, also, I think, believe projected to, uh, start for, uh, the, the Clippers. I don't know if that matters to you, but I think you have to put him on just on your, your right. I think he's also minimum price on DraftKings. Yeah. Do you know by chance if he's, if they have him at the two or at the three? I think he's probably at the two if I'm guessing. You could tell me better. Well, I mean, are, is he starting over Reddick or with Reddick? I believe he would be starting as a small forward along with Reddick. Um, I'll, do- yeah, I'll double, so- check, I'll double check the depth chart. I mean, and again, you know, it's not like he's got an incredibly tough matchup in this game at small forward. So there, you uh, know, that I would prefer that over over Jeremy. Is is he small forward eligible or shooting guard eligible on DK? Do you know? You know what? Let me yeah, let me pull it up because I actually have it open right here. Okay. Um, let's see. Stevenson is shooting guard, three thousand dollar minimum price okay. for that, at least for Wednesday. He is. Well, that that now we have a, a pivot play off of Monte Ellis since we sort of said Monte is the only one that we could really honestly honestly trust. For the Thursday slate, so there's that piece of it, and you get minimum salary. So if you don't want to, because we're not, we're not, I think you're with me. We weren't super excited about playing Monte. He just made the most sense. No, yeah, I mean, honestly, like we said at the beginning, shooting guard is kind of a wasteland on this slate. So maybe it's a good idea to punt it and pay up for the top options at every other position, you know, by punting it. Yeah, so you actually, we can scrape the bottom of the barrel with a couple of these guys here. Um, And you know what? I also don't mind too. Just because there is no one else, they cut Samuel Dallenbear, and the, the center position for Dallas is looking pretty, you know, desolate overall. Uh, I believe Jam Javale McGee is still injured, so there's like Salah, uh, Mary. Um, you know, they could actually believe it or not play some Jeremy Evans at the five, even though he's. A, I, I know, I know, he's like yeah. he's like 105 pounds soaking wet, but he is tall. Um, but that's how they have the depth chart shaking out on Rotowire. Jeremy Evans might actually get some. I'm more interested in Jeremy Evans now that they have him listed as a as a backup center, and that the JaVale McGee and uh, Sam and Dalver probably won't be available for Thursday. So we'll see how that ends up updating as we get closer to it. So uh, Jeremy Evans might make some sense, and uh, Lance Stevenson. So I think we've given you a couple cheapy, um, you know, coupon clippers if you need to save some some cash here. Anybody else that we need to talk about? Um, would you? If I told you that you, could, you that you priced yourself out for some reason out of Gazol um, and DeAndre Jordan Horford, and you have to choose between Zaza, Robin Lopez, or like Mahini, what would you do? I would definitely not choose Mahini, so I'd be okay. down to Lopez versus Zaza. Zaza. Would you would you unregister for your DK lineups and <laughs> just leave it incomplete so you don't have to play them? Uh, I, yeah, I think, I mean, I think what I would wind up doing is putting in Gasol and then figuring out who I have to take off of in order to make him fit because I, I don't really want to play, I don't want to play, I don't want to play Robin Lopez at all, really. And it's not like, um, I, I, I guess I would begrudgingly play Zaza if I had to. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be happy about it or feel like I was going to put that lineup in any more tournaments than the one it was in. Did you feel like you feel dirty about it right now? Like you need to take a shower after putting Saza on your lineup or something right now? Is that what no, I mean, I, w- I, I wouldn't feel dirty about it. I would feel dirty about it if I cashed that night, though. I would definitely, <laughs> I would definitely feel bad about it. Like I'd almost be like 
sorry and and send the money back. To, no, you would email you know, DraftKings and ask them to readjust your balance. Is that what yeah. would happen? Like, I'd be I'm... like, I, I I honestly like this is blood money. I can't take this. <laughs> There's like a, this is it was like Blood Diamond or something. Like people were killed during the making of that lineup or yes. something like that. Fifty yes, two hundred on DraftKings for Zaza. You could do worse than that. He has better offensive game than Robin Lopez. Then Robin Lopez for fifty three hundred. So you really could have your pickup yeah. litter. Well, that's what know? I said. I mean, he would be the choice over Lopez, but you know, like you know, sometimes you make a lineup and you're like, wow, this is a good lineup. Like I want to put this in other tournaments. Like that thought would not cross my mind in any lineup that had Zaza. I want I want to do this just for fun. Let's just do a friendly side bet. Robin Lopez versus Zaza on on the Thursday slate, and then what what does the loser have to do on the next show? Well, well I mean, I would take Zaza over Robin. Yeah, Lopez. I'm taking Lo- I'm taking, Lopez. Yeah, I'm okay. taking Lopez. Um, I don't have a very good singing voice. I heard your bet the other day. I, I don't <laughs> I don't sing very well, but uh, you know, if you got something in mind, uh, or maybe we leave it out to the Twitter people. Maybe the uh, the people on Twitter can uh, can come up with a good bet for All us. Right, that's this. perfect. Yeah, if you listen to the show and you like the show, you've been checking out our analysis. Figure out what Josh or Benny need to do if we lose either side of the Robin and tell us what side you like, or just tell us we're wasting your time on air. That's fine too. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> because on, we, on a three game slate, what do you want us to do? Yeah, exactly. We have to you know do something to joust with each other. So yeah, yeah. Um, but we, I've been on Team Lopez for a while now, and I'm not telling you he's a DFS superstar or anything like that. I'm just saying he can pay off 5,300. What do you need uh, out of that? What, 10 points? 20, in, 25, 26, probably like, you, you probably need, need close to a double-double or a couple blocks. 10 and 10 with two blocks, and they're, yeah, you're there, much. right? With the yeah, bonus, you're much. there. Okay, so yep. if he does anything above 10 and 10 and two blocks, that sounds doable for me. You know? Yeah, that's, you know what, now that you mention it, that's actually not horrible considering that they really don't. I mean, honestly, like I, li- I can see Madison Square Garden from my from my window. Yeah, and I, the Knicks are just. Uh, I know. I, 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 I had the same sentiment about the Knicks are super bad, and they've improved their roster three times last year, and they still might end up with the number one overall pick. That's yeah, and honestly, but that's the thing that kills me about them is, like, if you're going to be bad, like, be bad. Like, don't be. <laughs> Kind of bad where you wind Don't up. Don't sign the Aaron Aflalo, who has no you know. upside, or like you know what I mean. They could have, they would have done way better to to try to trade for Dennis Schroeder, or you know, go go get a young guy who can be an impact player. You know, Aaron Aflalo is going to be out of the league like in three or four years or something like that. You know, I just I by understand. the time they get it together and they get good, half the guys on that roster aren't going to be on that roster yeah, anyway. Exactly. So what are you really doing right now? You just you just filling gaps for nothing. You would be better off playing Jaron Grant as a point guard combo and seeing what he can do you know i do I, actually like him i, I like jaron grant too he's got a little yeah. he's got a little swerve to his game um mm-hmm. um much better than uh Thanis, the the ugly stepchild attentacumpo who i just uh, you know i know he's on the team but you're not nearly as good as your brother sorry to tell you all right uh that is going to wrap it up for the roto wire dfs podcast for the thursday nba slate don't forget you can always check out benny on twitter at benny r11 you can send all your comments and complaints and questions to me at josh hayes fs we really appreciate it if you uh subscribe uh, t- uh on itunes or stitcher and leave us a rating uh our review let us know you enjoy the show tune in for friday we're going to go double duty 
on the uh, on the uh, Friday episode. Actually, we'll have Friday NBA, and then the, on the weekend episode, we'll we'll pull double duty for you. We'll have an NBA and an ownership percentage show coming up for you here this weekend. And for those of you who are uh, tuning in for NFL DFS, we haven't forgot about you. We'll have the uh, the next NFL DFS podcast coming up here on Friday, like uh, like we always do as well. So we got your back, we got you covered. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.